just a little bit. The lady came, you, but I, I want you to grasp this because psychologically, you have to understand that Jesus spoke in parables, right? And there's a lot of times Jesus were talking to people, and what people do? They look at him like, what? What do you say? So there was this deeper kind of language Jesus was using to the people who would understand him. And not everybody understood the language that Jesus was speaking. Let me tell you, there's a difference between hearing something in spirit and hearing something in flesh. Have you ever been talking to someone and, and trying to you know, get your point across, but you realize they cannot hear you? And you're thinking, how much more plainer could I have made it? Right? I'm going to start a war up in here, right? <laughs> right? Have you ever had that experience? You, you're, you're, you're doing your best to explain something, but it's obvious that they can't hear what you're saying. All you wives say amen, right? Amen. Right? Well, just go on and get that out of the way. Selective hearing, right? Maybe it's the way you said it. Right? What do women hear? Women hear tone. So it don't matter how right you are, if your tone is wrong, they still ain't going to hear you. Right? <laughs> women see body language. Your body language says what you really are not saying. Right? If she ever says, that's fine. That's, that's a danger sign, right? That's 101, but we're going we're gonna to bypass all of that. We have to understand that God gives us all these wonderful emotions because he did what? He created us just like him. So there are emotions that we have that should not be suppressed. Do you know that the Holy Spirit can be grieved? Right? Do you know that God got angry? Somebody say, whoo, got that one down, Pat. Right? Right? I mean, Jesus a couple times, I mean, he looked at people with anger. He looked at those, those self-righteous Pharisees and, and there was anger in him. Man, when he walked up into his daddy's temple and, and, and they were making merchandise out of, out of, out of folks. Let, let me tell you something. In other words, they were selling all the animals in there for the sacrifices that they were making. And they were making a profit right there in the temple. Listen, they were exploiting the opportunity of the sacrifices that were required so they set it up. And guess what? All the Sadducees, all the Pharisees were in agreement with that because guess what they were doing? They were getting kickbacks, right? Just like some of the mainline denominational kinds of things, that we pray off of people who have problems. Hmm? So all the people that are in debt, all you got to do is, is, is buy this guy's you know, ways to get out of debt and just use your credit card to do it. When all else fails, we got magical oil that we can give you, right? And, and uh, can I tell you that nothing that comes 
from the Lord has to be bought because it's already been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. And anybody that tries to extract money out of you for anything that has to do with the kingdom is a fraud. I don't care who they are. Now, if they write a good book and you want to buy their book, that's, that's one thing. But we don't have to purchase what's already been given. I'm talking about Jubilee blessing, send you money so I can, so the enemy will be, uh, give me back what he stole from me. He, he's already had to give me back what he stole from me. How dare you try to extract money out of me to, to give me back something that already belongs to me. Come on. And you, you, you see a whole bunch of ignorant people, right? Well, look, you can't sham a shammer. Right? I wasn't just a thief. I was a good thief. Right. You know why you're a good thief? Because you don't get caught. Yep. <laughs> I tell a bunch of people, like, especially all the game bangers I talk to, you know, doing the work that I do, I'm like, you suck at game banging, dude. You need a new job. I'm like, you're going to prison for a long time, you know. That money won't worth it. Right? Listen, just because you've been to church all your life doesn't mean that you ain't ignorant. Because a lot of you, you swaddled hook, line, and sinker everything somebody told you. Right? Some of you ladies, you went... I mean, just ugly for years until you realize it was all right for you to dress up a little bit. Some of y'all are directly responsible for causing car wrecks. Nobody in here, because all of y'all are beautiful, that is for sure. So I got a reputation for being really truthful. Been the chaplain in the city for a long, long time. I'm the guy that's counseled police chiefs, fire chiefs, all right down the line. I've had folks come from hundreds of miles just to sit down and talk with me. So I got a multitude of people trying to get to me. That's true. Woman says, I don't even know who told her she says, but she says, bring, bring this little boy. And I told you. I, I bring this little kid in. He, he's like 10 years old, 11 years old. You could tell, and the mama, she's so despondent because pain is so real. And so she left. I talked with the kid, but she told me, she said, this psychiatrist seen this boy for a year and a half, year and a half. And every time the session would end, he would always say, we'll see you next week, James. Good job today. Good job. Boy would say, my name is John. It went on for it. A solid year and a half. Every time the session would end, the mama said, the doctor said, good job today, James. A little buzzer goes off, you know what I mean? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, it's like you did really good today, right? And he would end it, and he'd say, good job today, James. The last session, the mama said, little boy was always really quiet, didn't say a whole lot, nothing. But that last session, when that doctor looked at this boy and said, good job today, James, the little kid said, my name is John. Now, 
here's what I want you to understand. They get paid to listen. That's their job. They get paid to listen. And if you stay sick, they get paid more. Do you understand that they know that all these medicines tear your gut all to pieces? Destroys your stomach lining. Do you understand that 90% of all diseases start in your digestive tract? And so the reason why they get away with it is because you can take them for 20 years without any symptoms. Besides, you get a little bloat and you get this, and then all of a sudden you wake up and now you're about 60 years old. You're about 70 years old. And now they're giving you medicine on type of medicine on top of. Uh, 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 a lot of our senior adults are taking 20, 25 pills. Now, do you think that they give a rat's rear end about you and me? Huh? Rat rear end's okay, right? Said, might as well be, you said it, right? No. Destroys your gut. Half this medicine they got you on uh, for, for diabetes will kill you. It'll kill you. It will kill you. It will destroy your kidneys. Now, if you were to take some energy and lose that 20 to 30 pounds that you need, you would cut a lot of the insulin levels in your own body. If you men would just drink about eight glasses of water a day, you would solve some of your issues. Done going to meddling, right? Somebody, I thought you were going to talk about sin today. Some of y'all ain't going to live long enough for me to talk about sin. You don't change some stuff in your life. Right? Because you have believed what they've told you. When in all reality, they don't care about you. They care about money. Now, I told that boy the truth. That mama called me a couple of days later, and she was like, I thought she was mad to begin with. But she literally said, what did you say to my son? What did you say to him? I was like, whoa, I'm trying to think. And, and then she comes. She says, he's not the same. She said, what did you do? I want to know. And I simply looked at her and I said, I, I, I told him the truth. That boy lost his daddy. And a bunch of ignorant people were telling this little boy that he shouldn't be sad. That his feelings, there was something wrong. Because he didn't, he didn't want to play no more. He wasn't happy. That boy loved his daddy. And his mama was sad. And everyone around him was telling him, there must be something wrong with you. And I told this boy, man, tell me about your daddy. Tell me what you did. 
Wow. Sounds like such a great daddy. Wow. Man. No wonder you feel so sad. You're supposed to. Because when you have a daddy like that, it's supposed to hurt. You're supposed to feel what you feel. Well, they told me that uh, they, I think he mentioned some kind of grieving thing. I mean, what would you even say? To let me, I, I, I want to choke you so bad. Now they were trying to get him to suppress his feelings, which is one of the worst things on the planet that you and I can do. Because when we suppress our feelings, we are saying we don't want to be like you, God. You, you didn't hear me. Did you hear me? We want to take control of our own life. We don't want to feel. Listen, when you stop feeling, that's when you're dying. When you lose the feeling. That's when you start crossing over. And now, listen, listen, listen. Let me show you where we're at. Right becomes wrong. And wrong now starts being right. Because when you take God out of the equation and now you don't feel anymore, let me tell you something, you have crossed over. That's the reason why there's so much Evil because right now is wrong and wrong is right. I said it before. I'll say it again. You'll hear me say it a whole lot. When you take a child out of the womb and lay him over to the side and let that child die, you are evil. You're evil. You, you are evil. There's something wrong with you. To, to have a child come out of a woman's womb and then to say to that woman, you have the right to kill that child, there's something wrong with that, people. And Christians ought to rise up whatever state that it ought to be and instead of all these crazy females marching, you know what? Maybe we just need to go out there and march and just show them that, you know, we ain't going to just sit back. And we need to have more people. Listen, we got enough preachers. We need some politicians. Come on, somebody. Help me. That's enough preachers. We can take care of that. Young people, listen. If you want to make a true change in this world, then you got to be in charge. I'm going to die. You understand that? Not today, hopefully. But you're the future. You listen? You're the future. Man, we need to be telling our kids, you know what? I, I want to see our young people in politics, but I want to see our young people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that, that, that have a, 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 an essence of, 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 of spirit things. Let me tell you something. The Bible tells us that in the last days that God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, but don't miss that opportunity to understand upon your sons and your daughters. I believe that revival is going to take place, and it's our young people that are going to put this thing right back on the right track. That's why every person listening to me and in every church, everybody that goes on this website, you should put money into your children and your youth. And if your churches are dying, they're dying because you are stingy. 
If you don't take care of the youth, the world will. Hmm? I said, if you don't take care of your children and your youth, the world will. It's good money spent. Now, let me tell you something. Not on $56 million jets so I can fly my pampered rear end all over the world. I don't mind coach people. I swear I don't. I don't mind it. Coach is where you talk to people who are like me. Now, I ain't lying. I have enjoyed. I've, I've been, you know, I've traveled with some really rich people. And that business class, that was something else. I'm telling you, I sit back, I thought I was the Shazazz. <laughs> I was like, I could get used to this. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Lord knows that. So the next person I flew with was broke, you know. <laughs> so it's back to being the little people again, you know. I can't say I didn't enjoy it, though. Man, the, 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 the principle is that I, I want you to understand as, and I won't finish today. I'm certainly not going to try to rush this because I think it's so important for you to understand that, that you cannot fix a problem in the flesh by invoking a spiritual law. Case in point. We go out, and we go out to eat, and there's a barbecue sandwich, there's fried chicken, there's collards with ham hock in it, mm -hmm. there is sweet tea, sweet tea, I'm talking about Parker type sweet tea, right, there's banana pudding. That's been put in the oven and it's got that little brown crisp on it and got the little wafers really crispy, right? Mmm. And all you spiritual people, you go out to eat and you say, Pastor, pray over the food. The pastor says, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this food we're about to receive. And we ask you, by your grace, remove all of these calories out of this. <laughs> We rebuke you, Satan. In Jesus' name, banana pudding demon, be gone. No, you're going to get fat. All the praying in the world ain't going to do you no good. You're going to get fat. Yeah. You're going to get fat. Now, People actually have this concept that they can do anything that they want to do and just fix it with prayer. Let me tell you something. If you smoke, it's not about you dying and going to hell. Forget all that. Anybody tells you to die and go to hell. It's not about dying and going to hell. It's about dying early and going to heaven. And smelling like hell when you get there. <laughs> now, if you're one of the lucky ones, and I've known some, 80-some-year-old uh, dudes, 88 years old, been smoking since they were three. 
That's, and, and it's unique. There, there are some people that, that, that is like that. And every person that smokes knows at least one of them because they always tell you, well, I'm going to die something. <coughs> it's like, I might as well <coughs> die. <coughs> Hold on, I need to. I need to. My uncle, he smoked all his life, and he didn't die till he was 103. <laughs> Your uncle couldn't walk to the mailbox. <laughs> he had four oxygen tanks on his back. He was really small up here, but he had calves the size of post. No. We, 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 we can't solve. See, and I'm going to just say it like this. The flesh has to be crucified. Hmm? Has to be crucified. You have to crucify your flesh. You can't just make up spiritual jargon. And fix everything in life. Now listen. We know that the diseases start into your gut. So as you begin to understand spiritual things. I want you to understand. That life. Real life. Flows out of your belly. Whether it's natural. Or whether it's spiritual. Life is going to flow. Out of your belly. So. How many of you have. Like just. Gorged yourself a time or two. I mean, just went out there and, and I mean, just ate, ate. It was so good. And then you got, you got through eating it, and then you made this. Oh, 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 I think I ate too much. Oh, somebody called the ambulance. <laughs> right? Have you ever eat so much that you almost just go comatose at the table? Like, uh, I did that with oysters one night. Man, I just, I, I just sucked down so many oysters. It's, one, it's just a wonder I didn't turn into a shell. <laughs> but I suffered. You know what I mean? I was like, whoo, have mercy. So, so you, you understand that when you, when you eat so much, that it takes a while because you've overloaded and now you have to wait for the digestive part to take place so that you actually get some relief from putting too much in your belly. Right? So I love to travel. Everybody knows that, right? What time is it? 11.35. So here I go. Mexico bound. I was having, I've been all over where we were going to elevation, and this, it was high. And so I was with my buddy Cacho Torres and Jorge, and uh, I, I just went over there, and I'm a foodie. So they were taking me different places. I was eating, and let me tell you something. Man, I'm mixing people. I'm going to tell you what. They, they love beans. I'm going to tell you what. They <laughs> love them. And they must be adjusted to all them beans they eat. Because every meal is beans. I mean, there's some kind of bean with it, right? 
So I ate a bunch of beans. I did what everything else I was eating, and, and I was having the time of my life. One day went by. Nothing passed. Two days went by. Woo! Nothing passed. Three days went by. Nothing passed. Four days went by. Oh, my God. Nothing passed. Five days went by. Six days went by. Seven days went by. Eight days went by. I was almost dead. I was taking every Mexican remedy there was on the planet. On the ninth day, Cecilia gave me some type of red wine. I don't know what it was. I just know it was red. And she told me, she says, you, you drink this. And so I drank it. I, I, don't even, I, I drank a bunch of it. <laughs> Hello, my senorita. Como se llama? Oh, mi corazón. Oh, tengo muchos barrels. <laughs> I was like, I was speaking good Spanish. And all of a sudden, man. Well, yeah, I was speaking more Mexican than you can even imagine. But the, the, the feeling of being able to flow. <laughs> now, I was in a new place, a, a new elevation, and my body had not yet adjusted to that elevation. And so I put so much inside of me way too soon. See, the problem is, is when we bring you into the church and then we treat you like adults, spiritually, and we don't give you time to develop who you really are. And because of that, what happens we cause so much stress in your life because then while you might be enjoying spiritual things, there were some things that you shouldn't eat that quick. You get it? Right? And because of that, we have a lot of Christians that got backed up. That never were able to get into the flow. Because when you've been given too much responsibility too soon, I promise you, it will hurt you instead of helping you. <laughs> and when I get all those ingredients right, man, I feel so smart. Thing. And let me tell you, when you are starting your Christian life, the number one thing that you can do is stop trying to impress everybody else. Right? Because you having a conversation with the Lord... And just being open and honest before God is worth more than you running down here to the altar 
and me hitting you in the head a couple of times. Right? Because we taught people to be dependent upon us. When you have a problem, come, I'm pray for you, pray for you. Make sure you pay your tithe. Because we invoke a blessing so everybody looks. Here, let me tell you something. What's inside of you is the same thing that's inside of me. You don't need me to have to pray for you. You can learn to pray for yourself. See, I come into your life because you need strength. You need somebody to help you. You need somebody to pull you. But never to be somebody that you have to depend on. Like God has some special place for me. And you're so far underneath there that you've got to depend on my prayers. I'm a shepherd. My job is to protect you. Is to feed you good and to protect you. Right? And that I'm going to do. Right? But I don't want you dependent upon me. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be dependent upon any man. You should be dependent upon the Lord. Right? And it's not right to elevate men to a place that was only meant for God. Let me tell you something. I put my pants on the same way that most of you do. Some of y'all putting them on and you're going, oh my God, I can't get them buttoned. <laughs> right? Every, 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 <laughs> everybody is the same. Nobody's different. Right? We're made equal in God's eyes. There are different functions that we have. There's different things that God calls us to do. But he looks at us. With no respect of persons. He loves each and every one of us. And let me tell you something. You have to learn how to deal with the emotions that God has given you. Outside of always trying to find an easy way to deal with not being happy. Young people, listen to me. You ain't supposed to be happy all the time. If you walk around happy all the time and you're chirpy, chirpy, just want to slap you. <laughs> chirpy people get on my nerves. I'm just having, who is that? Every, everything is like, and, but those are the first ones if something tragic happens in their life, are going to go back crazy. Ain't you ever seen it? Happy, happy, happy. And then all of a sudden, oh! Get them a happy pill, right? Because those are people that cannot deal with real life. And let me tell you something. You're going to face things. Things are going to transpire. It's going to happen. Now, in the spirit, and we're going to talk about that next week, there's a way to keep the flow going. There's, there's a way. Now, now, listen. When you have purpose in life, Purpose is the thing that helps you deal with the pain that you experience. Because a man that has a purpose can live and understand pain. Because 
the purpose will always be greater than the pain. Listen, I want you to hear that. Purpose is always greater than pain. Because you can't escape being in this life and not have some betrayals in your life. Even the greatest man that, that has ever walked the face of the planet, that's ever, he had betrayals in his life. At one setting, you're talking about a bad sermon, he had 500 people walk away from him. I ain't, I, I've had like 20, 25, I ain't never got up to 500 yet. Chief preached that one sermon. 500 people walked away from him. Had one of his closest allies betray him with a kiss. And you're talking about you upset because everybody don't love you. Huh? You better, you better get used to that because there are betrayals in this life, right? And you have to learn how to deal with that in the spirit. There's this way that you allow the flow to begin to transpire, crossing over from flesh or the world into kingdom mindset. Because the world and the kingdom conflict with each other. The world is, you know, I do to you before you do to me. Right? I got a case then I'm working that one of the statements was, Let, let's get them before they get us. That's the street. That's the world. Jesus taught us differently. And let me tell you something. When you have a flow in your life, there's a light in your eye. I'm going to say it again. When you have a flow in your life, there's a light in your eye. People can see it. Somebody says, well, why are you such a good counselor? It's because I look in the eyes. Right? The light. It's the window of the soul. So when I see people and I look in their eyes, hmm. So how do you know, how do you know if a man has a happy home? Just look into the eyes of his wife. <laughs> Do that country something. Take a look in my woman's eyes. Yeah, it's true. You see a woman's eyes, you can tell whether she's happy at home. Everybody's going to be looking at all the women's eyes. Say, yep. Yep. They must have been fighting when they came to church. Because her eyes, yep. All hell must have broke loose this morning. Guy's going to be walking. It's true. There's a, there's, there's a light. Listen to this. Psalm 116. I'm going to close and let you get out of here early. Somebody say, it's 1147, Pastor. That ain't that early. <laughs> Would you rather it be 1215? <laughs> Where you at? What? Listen, in my alarm, I said, everyone is alive. What? What shall I return to the Lord? For all his goodness to me. I will lift up the cup of my salvation. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Listen to this. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Listen to this. Truly I am your servant, Lord. 
I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. Listen, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. Listen, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Listen, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Do you know that being in the presence of God is the beginning of the fullness of joy in your life? Do you know that walking with the Lord is the beginning of that light coming in your eyes? Because this is where God begins to give you purpose. Listen to me, sir. When you find your purpose for the kingdom, you will find your life. When all you do is work for the world, you can never have the light of the Lord Jesus in your eyes. Whatsoever your hands find to do, you do it as unto the Lord, right? God has called us to be kingdom-minded, not worldly-minded. Now, listen, the problem is, is that when you're teaching this, a lot of times, back in the day, people just got real fruity because you, you would say, hey, you got to serve the Lord. And, and so these dumb knuckleheads would go to work, take their Bibles with them. And while they should be working, they're out preaching to people. And so when the boss man come by and said, what are you doing? He says, I'm preaching the Lord Jesus Christ to the sinners. And he says, we didn't hire you to preach the Lord Jesus Christ through the sinners. We hired you to work that machine. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You were trying to stop the Lord's work. No, I'm not. I got a quota to meet. I've had that conversation. I hired a guy to work at the church. And when I walked in the office, he had his feet propped up. And he had his eyes closed. And I asked him, what are you doing? He said, Pastor, he says, the Lord has called me to fast and pray today. I'm like, really? I'm like, did he also tell you that you got to vac vacuum the sanctuary? He said, no, I'm just, I dedicate these next three days to fasting and prayer. And I'm like, no. I'm like, you can fast and pray why are you pushing the vacuum cleaner? <laughs> and so I'm being a nice guy. He, he did. Then he called me up and he said, he said, Pastor, I cannot make it today. I got to go to the hospital and visit someone sick. And so I got tired of messing with him. I'm, I was thinking, oh, aren't you religious nut? I'm like, I'm, my political correctness is gone. <laughs> So I said, you know what? It's obvious that the Lord has just called you beyond vacuum cleaning. So I'll tell you what to do. You make a choice between going to pray for this person and coming to work. If you come to work, you'll have a job. If you don't, I want you to pray for everyone at the hospital. Have a great day. I fired him. Excuse me. He fired himself. Shandai, Shandai, Shandai. Right? And so we wind up, how many of you met that religious, freaky person that you said, no way in the name of anything sacred will I ever go to church with that person? Yeah. If that's how Christians are, I do not want to be around you guys. Right? Isn't that true? There's a reason why Jesus could step into the house full of a whole bunch of sinners. 
I'm not talking about the cream of the crop centers. Almost like in this section right here, you know? <laughs> and everybody felt comfortable. Yeah, they was just like, man, they loved them some Jesus. Man, they love Jesus so much, they go to the grocery store and buy Jesus a T-bone steak. <laughs> Call me up one day and say, hey, pastor, you like steak? And I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, I'm not bound by chicken, guy. I'm not. <laughs> it's old sweet man went and bought me some steaks. <laughs> Drove all the way out here and brought them and handed them to me. And uh, I went home and, and fixed them things, man. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, I, I'm such a blessed guy. That, you know, you, you, some people don't think, but I, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. It's that phone calls. You know? Man, I can't, even, I can't even tell you. See, Jesus knew how to be around people. See, we've gotten so important that Somebody's got to escort us out the place because we don't want nobody touching us. We're so important. Right? I told you a story. It's a true story. Old guy, he, he's a big time dude. And I got through preaching and they were trying to just escort me out the door. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I got people here. I, I want to go see them. And I said, well, everything's prepared for you. We've got a banquet prepared for you. I'm like, okay, I'll be there in a few minutes. Y'all start without me. Do you know what made them mad? It did. But I thought to myself, I mean, how rude would I be knowing that all these people, they had come to see me, and then I let these people just escort me out. And I don't even go say hey to them. And I'm sure when they took up the offering, some of them gave something in the offering. How rude is that? You know, I go to another guy's and this guy's grabbing my Bible and all kinds of, and, and there's nothing wrong with showing respect, you know. And if it's blitzing, raining out there, I appreciate Dwayne. It looks so funny. I mean, you got a short little white man, got a little dark guy back there. He's got an umbrella over my head, you know. <laughs> it's like, pastor's going to melt if I don't get that rain over him. Well, we look like an Oreo cookie. All we need is one more, you know. <laughs> Don't ever get on your high horses and believe you're more spiritual than what you really are. Stay humble in the Lord and let grace be a part of your conversation. Don't be pointing your fingers at everybody else because you don't know what a person has gone through. You don't know how backed up they are in this life. But I'm going to tell you something. A good dose of Jesus will get rid of that spiritual constipation. <laughs>